Hello. Thank you for downloading this Downtown Hope Sermon Podcast. We're a faith-based community in the city of Annapolis, Maryland, orienting our lives around Jesus and exist to see the people of our city, region, and world thrive with the hope found in His gospel. Now, please enjoy the Sermon Podcast. Everyone will take their seats as we continue in our Advent series, uh, Return to the Feast. It's going to culminate with a gathering on Christmas Eve at the Westin at 5 p.m. All right. That's what I'm, that right there is what I'm talking about. That, that's what I need in my life right there. Um, we are gathered at 5 p.m. There are cards um, at the entrances, at the connection booth. Pick, pick some up. Uh, you can use these as an invitation if you have friends, family members, coworkers looking for something to do Christmas Eve, 5 p.m. On our website also there's a link. There's a banner for the Christmas Eve gathering. There you'll find out the logistics, uh, what time we're meeting, parking. Um, and then also we need volunteers. A part of uh, gathering on Christmas Eve uh, entails gather, uh, gather some volunteers to help us get there. So we need volunteers on, thir- on what day is Christmas Eve? Friday. Friday. So on Thursday we need help taking some equipment here and setting um, a pickup truck or any truck or van, something with a lot of space and some just good help to get stuff there. And then on Christmas Eve, uh, bringing the stuff back. We don't have to reset the space, but just getting the stuff back here. And we need about six, five. we need five. So that means someone, oh, fantastic. We need five greeters. Um, and that's just being a friendly face, smiling um, and welcoming people to our gathering. So uh, if you're available and able to do that, uh, pr- would you consider it and let myself know, let Andrew know um, as we uh, get together. And we will be having uh, child care for those that desire for children under two as we return to the feast. Um, this is the third Sunday in Advent, as, and the theme is joy. That's why with June, I need that in my life. It's, the theme is joy. All right, so you, I, I get really excited, so I'm going to turn it down today and take my time. So the question I have as we jump in is, um, what do you think life will be like for you five years from now? You know, if you, you began to think, you know, what are the things you're saying? What are the things you're doing five years from now? And if we pushed it out 25 years from now, what, what, what do you think you'll be doing? If we go 50 years, we, we could just push this out. You know, as a, a kid, as I looked out into the future, the thing that informed my future were the Jetsons. Right? I mean, that, that is what life is supposed to be like, I believe, in 2062. God is gracious and I'm still around. We're going to be living in the sky. It's going to be awesome. But if we push out even further, right? I've never watched it, but from what I told, it's like 2,223 Star Trek, right? Anyone watch Star Trek? Never seen an episode in my life. Forgive me. Yes, I'm, I'm working on it. Just saw Star Wars. I'm mer- working my way up, Okay. But that's life in the future. So as we think about what life is in the future, even if we go beyond that, I think Isaiah chapter 12 gives us insight on what the days ahead will look like. You see, in Isaiah chapter 12, Isaiah paints a picture of the future, and it is filled with absolute joy. You see, Advent simply means arrival. It's a time when the church reflects on the journey Israel took as they waited for God to fulfill his promises. And for us, on on this side of Jesus' first advent, the the first uh, coming of Jesus, for us, we have the opportunity to taste the joy that the prophets of old spoke about because the Messiah has come. But we taste in part. 
because Jesus is coming back again. And so we too are waiting for Jesus. And so while we live in this kind of in-between state between his first and his second ad, we're going to look this morning at joy and what Isaiah says about it. You see, in Isaiah chapter 12, it is a song of joy. It's a hymn of praise about the coming of the Messiah. And, and it is painted for those that will soon return from exile, the outcasts of Israel. And this is also a song that speaks to anyone who at any time in their lives feels alienated from God. This passage is about joy and joy being shared. So I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 12. It will be on the screen behind and we'll unpack joy for the feast. Isaiah chapter 12, it's only six verses. It says this. It says, on that day, you will say, I will give thanks to you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Indeed, God is my salvation. I will trust him and not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. You will joyfully draw water from the springs or the wells of salvation. And on that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make his works known among the peoples. Declare that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry out and sing, citizens of Zion, for the Holy One of Israel is among you in his greatness. And this is God's word. Let's pray together. And so, Lord, as we uh, unpack joy, may our hearts uh, just understand the great anticipation we have of that which is to come. And although in this life we experience bits and pieces of joy, Lord, they pale in comparison to the fullness of the joy that we will experience at the coming of Christ. And so, Lord, in this season of Advent, fill our hearts with hope and joy as we uh, are reminded of the promises found in Scripture. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. And so this morning we're talking about joy. Uh, and, and I want to put a, a quick disclaimer about there about joy. I don't want to paint this picture that being a follower of Christ, your life is just filled with good things, that there's no bad things, there's no troubles that we face. You see, in this age of social media and of Instagram and TikTok and all these platforms, one of the things that we're seeing in society is we tend to portray a censored view of ourselves. We don't give everyone the full picture. We, we post the good things, right? People have a tendency to do that. I think about something we did uh, when our kids, first day of school, we took a picture and you posted first day of school. You kind of have this wonderful history of like school all the way up. We took our daughter, our oldest, to college a couple years ago and we was like, all right, bye, have fun, do college. She's like, you're not going to take a picture? I was like, really? We're still doing this at 18 years old. But yeah, we, we take pictures. But what we don't take pictures of is we don't take pictures when I'm on the phone with my daughter saying, do your work. We tend to post and we tend to portray only when things are good. And with this censorship, we undercut the very core of who we are called to be as a community of faith. You see, sharing the victories is good, but it only tells half of the story. When we fail to share our defeats, our misgivings, our emotional wounds, we isolate those searching for hope. 
When only half the story is told, we are unconsciously and maybe unintentionally broadcasting that, look, if you're going through tough times, if you're going through problems, if you're struggling, you have no place here. And I think if we're not careful, even in the church, if we only talk about the good, how are we providing a message of hope? And friends, that's what we need today. It is a challenge. Is it not? I mean, you turn on the news and it's one thing or the other. There was a, or a tornado that struck through and devastation. And so we, when we talk about hope, I don't want to paint the picture that it's always good. One of the things Scripture teaches us is that joy often comes after a season of lament. And so if you're here and maybe you're not in that place where you're singing and your heart is filled with joy, it's okay. Maybe you're in this season of lament, but the scriptures assure us that a day is coming when we'll experience that joy. In fact, Isaiah traces the history of Israel, in fact, the history of humanity, that we, we swim in this river of sin. And sin is destroying us and the world we live in. But he paints a picture of the future. And so joy, when we talk about joy, when we talk about, we're talking about what it means to celebrate what God has done. And so I think there are times in our life we need to press pause and just look back at what God has done. And so this is what God will do in verse 12, joy, uh, verse 12, chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 12, verse 1. He says, you will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger has turned away that you might comfort me. And so Isaiah is saying a day will come. You will joyously celebrate what God has done because the anger that God has has been turned away and now he comforts you. And so if we were to poll the people in this room, if I were to ask you what is the greatest wonder in all of your salvation, what would you say? What is the greatest wonder in all of your salvation? Isaiah would say that God, who was my former enemy, now comforts me. And friends, that is what we find joy in, that God comforts us. He wants every one of us to be able to say, you comfort me. In the day of the Lord, each of his redeemed, each of his people will give personal praise to God for his grace, for his mercy in salvation. You see, the song sung in Isaiah chapter 12 may have, well, may have been the, the song sung at the day of deliverance from the Assyrians, but it is also a song that we too can sing. For we on this side of history know that God's anger has been dealt with in Christ. And so we are recipients of God's grace, and we too know that in Christ, God's anger is turned away from us, and he comforts us. And so we must pivot away from being frustrated with a God who seems detached and unconcerned with our lives and, be, and come to the reality that we have a God who comforts us, who lavishly gives us grace upon grace upon grace. And how do we make that pivot? By reminding ourselves that it is in Christ that God's anger has been turned away. So you don't live your life thinking God is upset with you. In Christ, we are forgiven. In Christ, he comforts us. If we discover what it means that God is our comforter, we will forever sing the song that God is my salvation, he is my strength, he is my song. 
This is the song of the Exodus. When they came out from the Red Sea, if you read in the book of Exodus, they were enslaved, they were in captivity for 430 years. They are delivered by the mighty hand of God. I don't know if I can uh, just, just know what that felt like to be liberated to that extent. They get on the other side of the Red Sea, and what do they begin to do? Talk to me. Well, before that, before they, before they get to the golden calf, they, they erupt in absolute praise of God. Just on the banks, when the Red Sea closed, they said, the Lord is my strength. He is my song. He has become my salvation. Isaiah is saying there is a day coming where the people of God would sing the same song, that the challenges of life in Christ, a day will come where we too will proclaim the same thing. We will anchor our trust in him. And now we can look back at the cross and see how Christ is the victor. And so we too can find joy in what God has done. But not only do we find joy in what God has done, that joy is to be shared in community. Now, if you remember uh, some weeks ago, Jacob shared from uh, Scripture and he taught us the proper use of English. Was anyone here? Apparently us on the East Coast, we don't know how to use the word you in plural. So we just say you. Anyone who was here, what did Jacob said is the appropriate term to use? Y'all. And if you're talking about everybody, that's you, plural, plural, plural. It's all of y'all, right? So let's practice that. So you singular is you. You plural is you all. And you all, all is all of y'all. <laughs> the reason why that's important is because when you read Isaiah chapter 12, there's a pivot. You see, in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 1, the you is singular. Isaiah is saying in that day, each of you individually will say this of God. But the you in verse 3 and 4 is plural. It's y'all. It's all of y'all. All of you together, all of y'all, as God's people will draw water from the well of salvation, wells of salvation. And in that day, out of every, every person will praise him. And so there's this joy that I experience as an individual at God's work of salvation. And so salvation is at the individual level, but salvation is best enjoyed in community. And that's what Isaiah is saying is that, friends, what good is it to celebrate by yourself? Like, like seriously, like think about this. Like yesterday, who watches football? All right, there was a game on yesterday. What game am I talking about? Army, Navy, and I'm going to get in trouble if I, like, is there any Army people in here? I'm like, okay, so. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. But literally, this game was like, this was a great game, right? I mean, Navy is like, uh, Army's eight and three, right? They're going to a bowl. This, this is the favorite team to win, right? Navy, not such a good season. Three and eight, this is the last game of the season. I don't know if there was any people except for my Navy friends that expected Navy to win. <laughs> but what fascinated me, what was fascinating to me is after the game, when the Navy uh, midshipmen began singing that song, song like that was, that was like just amazing to see people from all walks of life come together and celebrate victory. I mean, I didn't know the words of the song, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, I was there. 
Because there's something about solidarity together in celebrating a victory. That's what Isaiah is saying, that joy is best shared and experienced in community. What good is it to celebrate you by yourself? Let's say you're the only one in that stadium. The game is over. It, like, they, they, it was, they stopped them, right? Fourth down, they stopped them, and it's just you. Yay, we won. High-five yourself. <laughs> but that's how so many of us live our lives. It's like we just we isolate ourselves. What would it look like to be a community that experiences the joy of what God has done, but then shares that with other people? I need your story. Because when I'm going through difficulty and I think there's no way for me to get beyond today, it's your story of what God has done that says, you know what? God is still in the business of doing And so if we're not careful, what happens where our disappointment comes is we begin to see things, our jobs, our career, our vocation as what satisfies our thirst. And when those things are taken away, that's where we feel deep pain and turmoil. But what Isaiah is saying, no, our joy is found in him. In fact, there is a well, wells of salvation that we can draw upon. The prospect of thirsty, again, this is Israel, think desert, right? So the prospect of a thirsty, weary people pulling up bucket after bucket of fresh water. I mean, that's just beautiful. Cool water in endless supply, drinking deeply, pouring it over their heads, dunking their faces in it, splashing one another with water. These are the wells of salvation that we are invited to draw from. And the deeper we drink, friends, the greater our praise the greater the celebration as we draw from the wells of salvation. Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And so as we draw deeply from the wells of his salvation, the outflow of that is joyous celebration shared in community. Do you notice that Isaiah says, wells of salvation? How many wells are there? Infinite. There are different kinds. There's well of love that we could draw upon, a well of delight, well of healing. There's wells of grace and God's favor. There's wells of peace and tranquility. We will enjoy every one of them. Friends, that is the promise for us. In this difficult time, Isaiah says, there is a day coming where this will be true, that we can draw from this well. And the gospel says that the Lamb of God will be in our midst. This is Revelation chapter 7. Will be in their midst, for he will be their shepherd. He will guide them to the springs of living water and will wipe every tear from their eye. Every pain, every calamity, every lamentable season is not laid waste, for there is a day coming where we will come out of that and draw from his wells of salvation. And so we, we find joy in what God has done. We share this joy in community. And lastly, we use this joy as a proclamation to the watching world. Isaiah says, in that day, you will say and give thanks to the Lord. You will call upon his name. 
Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim his name, that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done graciously. Let this be made known in all the earth. When we talk about living life sent out in the estuary, it is a people who's filled with joy. That joy has been nurtured in community, and now we proclaim that joy to the watching world. We are called on to exalt his name, to proclaim his name. And as we make known his deeds among the peoples, we, we demonstrate that God is the true source of joy. Friends, that is worship. It's demonstrating what God has done in our lives and praising him because of that. We find joy in his faithfulness. We proclaim his joy in grace. We proclaim his joy in mercy. We proclaim his joy in power. And so when we gather, whether in a corporate gathering like this, whether we gather in communion with three or four folks, ten folks, or we gather in a band of two and three, we're making a statement of trust in his name. That, God, we've seen what you've done in the past, and we are confident that you can do the same today. Friends, that is joy. And it's, it's, it's meant to be contagious. In fact, I heard one theologian said the, 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 the greatest way to evangelize the world we live in is by sharing the joy that we have in Jesus. That if we could just do that, the watching world, it is contagious. And so I, I want to challenge us to experience God. I want to challenge us to share that joy in community. I want to challenge us to proclaim his joy. You see, God is not a distant God standing off in a distance. From the beginning, God wanted to dwell among his people. And so we saw Jesus fulfilling that in that his name is Emmanuel, God with us. Today we are indwelt by his Holy Spirit and we look forward to the day when he will come again. And as such, we can rejoice. In fact, Jesus, when he prayed in John chapter 17, he prayed, Father, may they be one in us even as we are one, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. We can experience this joy because on the cross, Jesus gave up his joy so that we might be in fellowship with him. He endured pain so that we might experience his joy. And so whether it's a season of lament or it's a season of great joy, Christ is the one that affords us the opportunity to rejoice in what God has done, to share that joint community, and to rejoice in the presence of a watching world. And so, friends, I, I just want to free you to do that. Like, celebrate the Lord in the same way. Who's Navy? All right, so what did you do after they won? Did you like, wow, great game. I'm so happy they won. What did you do? Tell me. Anything? You cheered. You high-fived who, yourself? <laughs> High-five your wife. So, for, like, let's do that. Like, like, let's just do that about God. Like, if, if God does something good, man, like, God, mm, high-five your friend because God is good. When you're at work and just, you, you, you're sharing, you just came out of a tough season, man, celebrate what God has done. And may that just give you a glimpse of what will fully be realized at the coming of Jesus. How many of you, you all like Christmas songs? What's the Christmas song that just epitomizes this? Joy? Well, it could be Holy Night, I guess. 
<laughs> wasn't what I had in my paper, but it works. <laughs> Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Right? Let earth receive her king. Let heaven and nature sing. Friends, what we do in the few moments we gather together on a Sunday morning, what we do in life with community throughout the week, what we do on an ongoing basis in our discipleship bands is prepping us for an absolute celebration in what God has done. And may that joy be contagious so that the watching world who is dejected, despondent, frustrated, and just going through a tough time, may they experience that same joy and find that joy fulfilled in Christ Jesus. This is my prayer. And so I want to invite us to bow our heads um, and just spend a few moments just praying and reflecting. What has God done that can fill your heart with joy? Maybe it's something that happened 50 years ago. Maybe it's something that happened this morning. But might there be one thing that would just be an encouragement to you this morning? As you look back uh, through this year, um, and may that just be an encouragement to you as you look forward to tomorrow, and, and may our hearts rejoice knowing that we can place our trust in his name, um, and that even if nothing works out on this side, there is a day coming where we will give thanks, we will proclaim his name, and we'll do that with a bunch of other people doing the same thing. So I want to just give us pause for a few moments as uh, we just reflect on God's goodness.